Oh, hi. What's How's it up? going? It's going. Good. I missed y'all. I know. It's been a minute. Uh-huh. Yeah. It feels like I saw you yesterday, but also 10 years ago. So time right. is uh, not real anymore, I think. No. no. Again, we're in a simulation. Uh, that's a fact. I'm pretty sure it's a scary thing to think about, but um, I think it's real. It true. It true. What's going on today? Oh, not a lot. Not a lot. Em's got her ghouls night out shirt on. So she is ready to get spooky. Ready for ghouls podcast. Woohoo! This week, oh, before I get too deep in, a call for ghoul talk stories. Send them to us. Ooh. All right. Yes. That's my plug. Um, this week we're heading to Wisconsin. Never been. Wisconsin. <laughs> <laughs> I came up with that just now. Could you tell me? <laughs> yeah, I've never been either. Although, you know, I've I've met some people from there from time to time. And a couple people have reached out and are like, I'm from Wisconsin. What's haunted? So you know what? We're going to let you guys know. We are. Yeah, it's <sighs> the time. There were a few different places. I feel like we're only going to fit three. This is going to be a... A short but sweet episode, but oh, yeah. we could revisit Wisconsin. Oh, for sure, for sure. For uh, sure. And uh, we're the Golden Ghouls, Alyssa. Hi, Emily. And it's time to get spooky. <laughs> I can kick us off with a real very spooky place. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything, but I'm I'm pretty spooked by this spot. Ooh, okay. So we're going to Maribel in Manitowoc County, Wisconsin, to the Maribel Caves Hotel. Wow, it's a cave hotel. Okay. Well, it's surrounded by caves. There are like nearby caves, a lot That's of them. Cool. Okay. But it's also been known as the Cherney Hotel and now Hotel Hell. So that's a nickname that it has. Oh, yeah, Cute. Emily's face, that was oh, an accurate geez. reaction to that. It's spooky. So according to an original hotel brochure, one could immerse themselves in fine bathing, boating, and fishing. Oh my God, the well, holy trifecta. Yeah, so you were going to have a good time if you went here. You were going to bathe, boat, and fish. And no particular order. Any way you liked it, you could have it. Perfect. So it's located on County R, and the hotel was actually built by this Austrian immigrant named Charles Steinbrecher in 1900. And it was originally named after the nearby Maribel Limestone caves up 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 she knows we know what that means we do um its style replicated a lot of old buildings from austria and it shared attributes of europe's medieval castles it's got a rounded tower in the southwest corner which i think the tower is still standing today um and yeah it basically looks like a stone castle it's very cool but made of limestone so we know we know what's gonna happen yeah triggered yes and like many inns of Steinbrecher's home in Austria it had a natural spring on the property so it actually operated as a therapeutic spa for 
for weary travelers. You know, they were mm. tired. They needed to rest. So that's the bathing bones. part. Yes, that's the bathing. So Got the natural it. spring water was pumped into the hotel so the guests could bathe in and drink this natural remedy is what they were calling it. People loved the the spring water. They still do, but they they were really going for it back in the day. They thought it had all of the healing properties. Mm. So Tuck um, Everlasting. Uh, exactly. Oh my God. Tuck Everlasting was like my favorite book in elementary <laughs> school. So good. That was a classic. So a good. Classic. I still have a paperback copy because why not? (laughs) So um, eventually a railroad was built through the town and the inn became a hot spot for leisure and relaxation away from the rigorous and busy day-to-day of just the typical American life, you know? It was Mm -hmm. hard to exist. The rich and famous often visited and in its heyday, it was actually frequented by gangsters. Yes. So when prohibition was introduced and the 18th Amendment was passed in 1920, folks obviously still wanted to enjoy their bevs. So they were looking for spots to do the crime. And this was one of them. Um, So bootleggers were coming through town and organized crime was basically running a show at this point. According to reports, John Dillinger actually frequented the hotel as a stopover on his way to Eagle River. And it's hmm. also said that Al Capone was known to visit the hotel. I feel like Al Capone has popped up so many times. He's he's a traveler. He's He gets around everywhere. <sighs> I mean, that guy. He so, was busy. He, he really was all over the United States. Yeah, crime in all the area codes. So not only did the guests enjoy this medicinal water, but the place actually started bottling it, um, and they built a bottling plant next to the hotel. So they would bottle it and make it into soda water and then ship it to restaurants and fine hotels in Milwaukee and Chicago. So the water was making its rounds. Nice. However... Starting in 1915, the company began to go under. The water wasn't as hot as it once was, and the hotel was leased. And it it sat around for a bit. And in 1931, it ended up being purchased by Adolph Turney, which is why they ultimately called it the, goodness gracious, they ultimately called it (laughs) the Turney Hotel for a time. Uh, They ended up reopening it in 1981, and it was purchased by this guy named Jeff Miller. But unfortunately, his run there was only a few years because in 85, the structure was engulfed by a fire that destroyed much of it. Hmm. Yes. So now we've got this like abandoned European castle-like building looming in an open field. Naturally, people say it's super haunted. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this guy, Chad Lewis, he's a paranormal investigator, and he told wearegreenbay.com that it's actually one of his favorite haunted landmarks, which is saying a lot because he has investigated quite a few haunted spots. He says that there are many tales surrounding the building, including legends about visiting at night. So it's said that the ghostly image of a child is often seen on the second floor. And Lewis Hmm. says that the child is said to be one of the children who died at the hotel back in the day during one of the fires. So there were actually multiple fires here. 
which we'll get into in a bit. Um, He also shared a few stories from witnesses who walked through the abandoned building that stands today. He says, You have all this weirdness trapped with history and mystery combined to give it a really creepy atmosphere. I had someone contact me claiming they were walking through the building and they swore they heard somebody in front of them. They followed the voice and actually saw a dark shadow walk into a room. But when they went into it, nothing was there. Dun, dun, dun. Hello? Yes. (laughs) So the nickname Hotel Hell came from several unexplained fires at the site. And there's also an old dare that said um, to have this portal open right in front of you. So you dare someone to go into the hotel and stare into the well. And if you look long enough, you see a portal to hell start opening. That's a dare I'm not going to take. I'm also not going to take it. So (laughs) Lewis went on to say that stories were told that if you went out to the location and you brought a book with you, it would burst into flames because there were so many fires that started getting the reputation of being a hell, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. I personally don't want to see the portal to hell opening right in front of me, but witnesses claim that they looked into it and they could see intense flames start rising up and they were afraid <laughs> that like they were going to be burned. Dude, that's that's intense. You don't you don't hear this every day from no. haunted spots. <laughs> no, you do not often hear about a fiery hell pit appearing right before someone's eyes. So this one is truly unique. Uh, Other phenomena include sightings of a figure standing at one of the windows and peering out, strange noises such as voices and screams from the Mm -hmm. basement, which I I don't want to know why they're screaming, footsteps, ringing bells, rolling wheels. (laughs) That word almost got me like I'd never heard of a wheel before. (laughs) And things moving around upstairs, objects moving or levitating, a threatening feeling, which don't want that. Cold Mm-mm. hands applying pressure on visitors' backs, like they can feel the full imprint of a human hand. No, thank Eesh. you. And apparitions on the front lawn and on the side of the road, just like moseying around, just doing their thing, casual like. Mm. It's also said that the building itself has been known to glow brightly during a new moon and on some occasions investigators of the site have seen blood dripping down the walls only to disappear right before their eyes wow okay (laughs) yeah and there's another legend that says if you shine your flashlight at one of the second story windows that's still standing a spirit will flash a light back at you (laughs) oh like hey what up so wear sunglasses he sounds playful Tag your it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the building, though, or what is left of it, stands partially intact because this tornado ripped through the area in 2013. So um, a lot of it's gone. Currently, there's no planned use for the building, but it can be viewed from a distance um, as it's not safe to venture inside because it's very unstable. You will fall through the rocks and break your neck. So don't do that, but view it from the side of the road. Totally. And um, maybe maybe see the portal to hell. I don't know. 
I would not like to just stay clear away from any portals to hell. I would say that is a, a good good piece of advice for the people listening. Yeah, stay away definitely. from portals. Yeah. Specifically ones to, to hell. hell. Yeah. If yeah. you can. Yeah. Time travel, I'm kind of cool with. <laughs> so <laughs> all right. Well, I'll I'll give a quickie here. Ooh, um, another voila. hotel. <laughs> another hotel, but this one in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. It's a grand hotel, you guys, built in 1893. And you know why I like this one so much? Because out of out of all the haunted places we've ever talked about, I've never seen a specific haunted place just like really trigger a specific target audience. Ooh. And MLB baseball players hate this place. Okay. Like they can't <laughs> stay here. They Local get, MLB players right, hate this place the because audience. of this. <laughs> <laughs> that's the the Feister's target audience. Okay, for, you know where they really spook them out. So okay. I felt like we should talk about it. You know? We have yes. to. I've got to know about this. <laughs> there's just too many articles and baseball players talking about the Feister. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh my god! Or is it Fister? Feister, it could be Feister, either. Whatever. But Guido Fister Feister and his son Charles, they were the ones who opened this place up. And it was called the Grand Hotel of the West. And this place at the time cost like nearly a million dollars. So it was grand. Wait, what year was it built? 1893. Oh, damn. Yes. Oh, yeah. With that's... groundbreaking innovations, you guys, such Big as bus. fireproofing, electricity throughout the hotel. Individual thermostat controls in every room. You love that. Mm. And it was like it was a grand design. Charles Coach designed it. Um, and the hotel features Romanesque revival design. Fast forward to 1962, it was kind of going through a lull period where they weren't having that many occupants. So movie theater op operator Ben Marcus purchased the hotel at an auction and he renovated the beauty to what it is today. And it's pretty grand, you guys. It's really beautiful. It's, I mean, it's spooky because it definitely has all of its old structure and all the old paintings and pictures. Like you're going to see your boy Charles Feister, like his portrait on the wall, you know, and supposedly he haunts the place. But Charles, but I don't know because I just don't see Charles running around to all these boys' rooms. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know, I just don't I, think Charles was that kind of dude. No, he was really trying to have people enjoy their time here. So there's got to be some other spirits at play. And I'm just going to name off some baseball players that I know have been spooked. And I'll give you some little quotes about what they said. Okay. So Michael Young, do you know him? I'm not a baseball fan, so like no. I really I don't really know any of these guys, but he's a former Rangers infielder. All right. Oh yeah, he, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. She knows. She's <laughs> I was like, I remember jerseys with young on the back. Oh, okay. Um, and I wanted to assume, but you know, I also didn't want to because what do I actually True. know? I don't yeah, know well, sports. <laughs> you had those baseball cards growing up, didn't you? I loved him. I couldn't get enough. Still can't. <laughs> Traded them in my closet. 
Anyways, Michael Young, he said, listen, I'm not someone who spreads ghost stories. So if I'm telling you this, it happened a couple of years ago. You guys, he was lying in his bed after a night game and his room was all locked up. Okay. But he heard these footsteps inside the room, just stopping around. Mm-hmm. At that point, he was like, I had heard all these stories about the hotel. So I was like, wide awake, like trying to figure out what's going on. So I yelled out, hey, make yourself at home, hang out, have a seat, but don't wake me up, okay? After that, I didn't hear a thing for the rest of the night. So I just let him know he was welcome, that we could be pals, and we could marinate <laughs> for however long he wanted. So Michael Young pals. Had, a ghost, had a ghost roommate. Damn. Right? Bryce Harper, y'all. 2015 NL MVP award winner. He was spooked there in 2012. All right. Well, yeah. Harper had laid out his shirt and pants on the table. And by the end of the day, <laughs> before going to sleep at night, all of it was on the floor. It was spread all over the place. What the hell? It was on the table was on the opposite side of the room against the wall. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Harper said I was so flustered, I honestly thought there might have been someone in the room, but he looked He looked at the door. The door was the latch. No way somebody got in. Mm-mm. Ghost roommate, number two. Jeez Louise. <laughs> Mike Cameron, y'all, former outfielder. <laughs> 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 when somebody tells me, when they, somebody told me, him that when they wake up in the middle of the night out, the, they'll just like wake up in the middle of the night out of the blue and they'll feel like somebody's in the room with them. So they just got a bunch of ghost roommates, you know? And and uh, Cameron said that he woke up in the middle of the night and he just knew somebody was there. And he looked around and there, the, there but the door was wide open. Mm-mm. And nobody was there. Mm-mm. Who came in? I don't know. Carlos Gomez, you guys. Carlos <gasps> Gomez. <laughs> the one and only... <laughs> Carlos Gomez. Yeah. And this this stuff popped off with his iPod, man. Oh, damn. He started a, a static started just playing off of his iPod. And then the, the device on the table started shaking. iPods don't shake. There's no vibration there. No. You know, for all the ones who've never had one before. He raced out of the room into the lobby before he even had time to put on his pants. He was so scared. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do iPods still exist? I think this was like back in like 2000 something. But I'm wondering like now in 2021, do they exist? Oh. Hmm. I've got to research this. Yeah, well, he uh, he put it out there that he thinks MLB should not have to stay at this hotel anymore. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I agree. G-Man Choi, he's a player... uh, that likes ghosts, apparently. Okay. And um, okay. so he's into the Feister, but he swears that while he's there, the ghosts are up to no good because he's always really restless, you know? Mm-hmm. So somebody's in bed with him and he, he doesn't like that. He said, I was scared at first. I didn't want to open my eyes. I felt somebody next to me. I dealt with that a lot more times after, though, when he was staying there other times. So... He saw, like, these ghost roommates. They like to crawl in bed with MLB players. Crazy stuff. <laughs> Carlos Martinez, Marcel Ozuna, both of those guys mm. saw a ghost in their room. They decided they had to sleep together. They couldn't handle it. <laughs> Clint, <laughs> Clint Hurdle, oh, Pirates manager. He had, a, he had a guy come curl up with him in his bed because he saw a ghost. Imagine. 
Dude, I can't. I mean, I can't. Adrian Beltre, very popular guy. Yeah, I've heard that name. He said he heard knocking noises on his door, the television and air conditioning repeatedly turned on and off. He also heard pounding noises from the other side of his headboard, like a man hitting his open hand against the wood. All right. Maybe we know what that was. Maybe. Maybe not. Someone getting (laughs) a little love in the next room, my dude. But yeah. (laughs) And then my last dude I'm going to talk about, John Gray, because I love this guy. He's actually our... uh, our major league baseball resident ghost hunter. He likes to hunt oh. ghosts. Oh. Oh. Yeah. So he's over here catching major spikes on his uh what is it? EMF detectors and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So, so he's bringing tools with him. Yeah, no, he came with the tools. You can check out a spooky video <sighs> of him looking around the Feister. That's so funny. Online. I'm going to yeah. see if I can find it and I'll share it on the Facebook group. Yeah, yeah. So you should, it's actually that's great. that's like that's I love that. <laughs> so yeah, the Feister freaks out MLB stars. How so bizarre! If you play baseball, be careful. Although I feel like there is maybe it was Oklahoma. We talked about a hotel that was like I don't know if it was baseball players. It might have been football or basketball players, but like there was some story that I remember us doing where it was like after athletes for some reason. <laughs> Do you know, they got a thing for the, the guys with the balls. Who Maybe knows? they're like, let's just see if we can scare these like burly athletes. It's true. Yeah. Give them the spook of a lifetime. Honestly. Love it. All right. I got a, a, a quickie as well. Nice. To send us off into the night, into the darkness. Into the darkness. So I just want to say there are a lot of haunted hotels in Wisconsin. Truth. So so I did not do a hotel. <laughs> well, in a way, the Clark County Insane Asylum <laughs> could be considered a, a hotel <laughs> if you're in the right mindset, right? Maybe. Maybe not. Dark joke. Dark joke. <laughs> so the Clark County Insane Asylum, it was built in 1920 to... And I quote, how's the insane? The construction was commissioned by the state board. And the idea was to finally provide an asylum that would treat patients with kindness and state of the art treatment. So we love that. Yeah. We We hope they uh, stayed true to that. Well. (laughs) (laughs) So although, so as I mentioned, um, the idea was to treat patients with kindness. And it was established, like, in the books, written as under a protective and custodial concept of providing humane care and kind treatment to long-term patients. I don't know why they didn't also include short-term patients. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe. The ones who are here for a brief time, do whatever you want with that. Just yeah. a small <laughs> caveat in the contract. <laughs> oh, Jesus. my word. So initially, there were debates between the north and south parts of Clark County regarding its location. So the idea was to serve and treat as many patients as possible. So it would make sense to be built in like the most populated area. So eventually, 1,065 acres of land in Owen was purchased at about $103,600, the equivalent of $1.3 million today, on January 2nd, 1920. 
according to asylum, excuse me, asylumprojects.org, by 1936, Clark County Asylum housed 316 patients who were deemed as having little hope to return to society. Oh, geez. So that's very sad. So there's that long-term patient for you. So to paint a picture of this asylum, it wasn't gorgeous. It wasn't Georgina, but it wasn't, you know, like brutalism architecture in Mm. in any way. Um, There were three large wings. It was at the time thought of as very modern. Um, Each wing was three stories high. The main wing was the administration building, um, which housed the offices of the superintendent and his living apartments, plural, um, complete with a formal dining room. So I I tend to forget that back in the day, asylums had, they like housed those who worked at the asylum. Yeah, I don't think I want to live in the asylum that I work in. No, (laughs) no. Definitely not. I would need a break, you know? Absolutely. A a small break. That work-life balance. I mean, you need it. You need it. Mm -hmm. You need it. Or else you'll end up a patient. Exactly. So the first floor of the wing was the auditorium. And that was for um, employees, but also for um, patients if they were deemed able to attend um, any type of presentation or um, I don't know if they had entertainment, but I'm I'm guessing that's one of the reasons why patients would be seated in the auditorium. (laughs) On the second floor of that wing was the main dining hall. And on the third floor were the living quarters for the rest of the employees and also the general hospital of the asylum. So, dun, dun, dun. Unfortunately, the humane care and kind treatment did not last long. Uh, why? I know, I know. According to foundinwisconsin.com, many of the patients that lived at the asylum were eventually if not immediately, subjected to terrible experimental treatments. So if it's experimental, I'm guessing that, you know, doctors were either being paid to try out these treatments that they thought were, you know, state-of-the-art, you know, new age, super helpful treatments, but meanwhile, it was basically just torture. Um, Or there were those, you know, narcissistic doctors who wanted to their only focus was like to create a treatment and have their name linked to something like with infamy rather than actually help patients. Yeah. Some of the barbaric treatment methods included electroshock therapy, ice water submersion, and even bloodletting. So that's like yield, yield ritual of withdrawal of blood from a patient to prevent or cure illness and disease. So what do we have now? Blood transfusion? So it was like that, but without the new healthy blood. (laughs) They're just, we're just bleeding you out. At one point after years of torture, rumor has it, a group of patients supposedly turned on the staff and murdered some of them during a patient outbreak. So I couldn't find a ton more information about this. um, But for those that are interested, let's... Let's chat. (laughs) So because of this, like there are absolutely ghosts and spirits here. Like if we have learned anything, it's that asylums, all of them are haunted AF. Yeah. You got it. You know, Mm -hmm. there's, there's 
No way they're not, especially when there's been torture and really bad, you know, experimental treatments. So this, the, the Clark County Asylum is known for its apparitions and spirits wandering the halls and former residents are rumored to make an effort to scare visitors, letting them know that they are not welcome. So there have been, as I said, numerous reports of apparitions. There have been strange noises, electrical things, you know, happening, whether that be lights flashing on and off or not working at all, disembodied voices throughout the asylum halls and wings, like throughout all of them. (laughs) The hospital today is, it's still open and it's running as a nursing home and rehabilitation facility. Oh, jeez. And I know, and it specializes in Alzheimer's and behavioral patients. And I am just praying to the good Lord that these ghosts are not bothering these poor patients. I because know. imagine, yeah. like, uh, that would suck. Imagine already so, being there for like Alzheimer's and you're like, who, like, who the fuck is right? that? Yeah, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> who are you? Poor sweet angels. <sighs> and that, and that's it. That's uh, the Clark County Insane Asylum. Wow. Shoot. Oh, gosh. I just feel like asylum should not be repurposed for people to live in, be taken care of in. Mm-hmm. No. They should just be torn down. Yeah. Let yeah. them go, you know? Let them be free. Mm-hmm. Jimmy Cricket. All right. Well, that was a short and sweet one, my ladies. Mm-hmm. How the cookie crumbles. Yeah. Yeah, that's how it crumbles sometimes. Well, uh, thanks for stopping by. And until next time, stay spooky. Ooh. Ooh.